You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. Jimmy James and Tom are back for more. Like Joey B, we're here for season four with Bengal guests and stories not heard before. There's Tony, Mark, and Jamie, as well as our charity. Hootie Nation, join in from far and wide. Every Tuesday night, the guys are back at it live. By the fans, for the fans from day one, it's time to have some fun. We're talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. We're talking football. We hope this never ends. The Bengal boys stop by to drop the speed. Don't get your popcorn ready and take a seat. Season four will and with the Lombardy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bengal Jam and Friends. Guys, somber mood. Uh, but hey, we could not go to the AFC Championship game every single year. We're going to have a down year like we did this year. And to be honest, who on the screen right now, everybody's viewing right now, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, who thought that when Joe Burrow went down for the year, we would have been in the position we were in this past Sunday, uh, still with a chance to get in that playoffs, guys. So depressing year, man. I get it. Uh, but, uh, hey, I got a, I got a, I got a feeling that we're going to come back pretty strong. And, and I'm going – I've already got my hotel room reserved uh, in New Orleans. Uh, I think we all do. Tom, I know you do as well, right? Uh, you know, I can't wait. I got my beads. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Tonight at uh, uh, 8.05, we've got the Bengals mailman uh, here. Um, I'm going to need your help, guys. If you're in the viewing, uh, if you're in there right, right now, get some questions ready for the mailman. We're going to have fun with the mailman. If you don't know who the mailman is, go to Instagram. This guy is has blown up this year. Um, so go check him out on Instagram. And at 8.15, we got uh, John Breach. Uh, from CBS Sports, uh, sports writer, which is Jim Breach's son. Uh, but you're going to love this. Let's talk some Bengals football. Let's talk about what happened this year. Let's talk to uh, to John about, uh, you know, what's going to happen in the offseason. T. Higgins, coaches. we got a lot of stuff to talk about, James. A lot of stuff to talk about, as you said. Disappointing weekend in Kansas City. Kudos to Tony and Terry and Brandon and all the other Bengals fans that uh, went out to support the team. A lot of DMs on where everybody was was hanging out um, last weekend, and unfortunately didn't uh, didn't get it done. But um, you know, was hoping this Sunday's game was going to mean something, like a win and in scenario. Um, certainly, even if we won um, last weekend, you know, it wasn't a guarantee that we were going to be in. But um, hey, let's finish out the season strong. It's been a great season. Um, I think you outlined a, a tweet um, going into New Year's, Jimmy, that uh, talked about all the wonderful things that happened this past year and. Mostly thanks, uh, thankful for the fans that uh, made that happen. So um, not the year we wanted. Like you said, um, can't go to the Super Bowl every year. We'll uh, heal up. It's going to be an interesting offseason. And um, look forward to seeing everybody uh, Sunday for the season finale. Tony? Yeah, just to echo what everyone's saying is, uh, you know, we went into week 17 with an actual bit of hope that we could actually make the playoffs. So um, who would have thought that when, you know, Burr went down with his hand injury? So, um, you know, it was a pleasant surprise that we made it uh, to uh, um, Arrowhead, and uh, you know it was a good game up until the halftime. Um, so there was still that glimmer of hope. But uh, been a great year. Um, all the great things that we've been able to do as a as a group, and uh, you know I look forward to uh, you know after uh, Sunday, um, looking forward to the next year and planning the, the good things that we got coming up for uh, 24. Yeah, we got some really big announcements next Tuesday. Will be our last episode. Um, for this season, we got some other stuff that'll be coming up. We'll go over that schedule later in the week. 
Uh, Sunday still, nothing changes. Same time, same spot for the tailgate. Expect to have a massive crowd down there again next Sunday, uh, rooting on our Bengals no matter what the situation is. So, hey, let's go ahead. Wait, we see we see my, my man, uh, uh, I don't know what to call him, Bengals mailman, Sean, OG Stank. We're going to we'll call him whatever you want. But if you're, if you're in there right now, uh, make sure you type in some questions uh, for the mailman. But let me introduce one of the – I don't know what's happened, man. His shit has just blown up uh, on Instagram, almost 600,000 followers. Uh, he's literally a mailman. Uh, but you got to go on and check some of his stuff stuff out. But uh, let's go ahead and bring on uh, but Bengals Mailman. What's, what's up? Happening, <laughs> what's going on, baby? How you doing? What's up? Where'd y'all? Oh, there y'all go. Sorry, it looks like I'm calling y'all from jail. I'm telling you, I ain't. I'm hey. in the little room, Jim. <laughs> you just you just got out of jail, did you? No, no, no hell no, I did. <laughs> Hey, so I got to ask you, man, just tell everybody, man, because, man, everybody's been following you. All Hootie Nation has been following you most of the year, man, and, and some of the stuff you've been posting. But tell the story, your story. You're a mailman, right? And you live in yeah, the West I'm, Texas. I'm just so tell, a, the story. tell the story. I'm just a regular mailman from Price Hill. I'm just ghetto. That's all. <laughs> Born and raised, and I just, I don't, I don't know, I'm blessed with just being goofy all my life. Like, I work 10, 12 hours a day, and the fact that I could just come home and, Press record on this phone and people loved it, man. That's a whole blessing. That's all yeah. I'm trying to do. <laughs> and and I love the positive energy and, and the vibe you bring. Uh, even even when people, you know, if, if anybody's on social media, not everybody's nice to you, right? People people want to talk trash to you, man. It, but you, yeah. you just rip on them. You don't care. So give give us a story. Somebody um, give us a story. Somebody is trying to rip on you. You 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 kind of flipped it into a positive. Have fun with it. Yeah, always. Like, it ain't nothing that somebody gonna tell me out there that I ain't already heard. Like, you know what I mean? It is what it is. You can run your mouth about me as much as you want. After you done said what you done said, I'm still gonna move the way I move. So, if it makes you feel better to run your mouth about me, go ahead and do it, because I can take it. But do it to me, don't do it to somebody else, because somebody else might not could take it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it is what it is. I'm Like I said, I'm blessed. See, I have an outlook like that on life. So I just wake up and thank God every day that I could put smiles on people's face, man. And life's easier with a smile. You know what I mean? I love it, man. I love it. So we're going to talk some Bengals here, uh, buddy, for sure. But Tom has got the most pressing question of the night for you. Tom, you want to go ahead and fire away? Hey, how you doing? Uh, happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, I ordered two things for my wife in late November. And they didn't get here till after Christmas. It, it, what's going on? You got, it, you got it from Timu, didn't you? <laughs> you need to stay away from that Timu, damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, what, who, who do I talk to about this stuff? I don't know. Not me. You talking I to the wrong it. guy here, buddy. It's above your pay grade? <laughs> That's oh, above right. my pay grade. All right. <laughs> Hey, right. if it was him delivering that thing, you if it was him delivering, you would have had it on time, Tom. That's all yeah, I know. I'd have had it to you a day early at least. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I appreciate you running it out and hustling. So yeah. like Jimmy said, I, I we have to, you know, appreciate the smile and the and the positive energy. Uh, you know, we got kicked a little bit around this past week, and how are you looking to next year? I'm looking forward to next year. We got a healthy Joe Bro back. I hope they can keep T, man. Shout out to T. <laughs> That's my guy. I hope we can find a way to keep him, man, because he's a number one receiver, too, though. At the end of the day, like, he needs his money. So I understand. I'm rocking with him, whatever happens. But that's my guy. He's done did a lot for me that I'll never forget. So shout out to T. Yeah, let's – uh. Let's go and get into that. It's a kind of good transition for this. We're going to play a quick video, uh, OG, and and and, uh, and when we're done with the video, I want you to come back and talk about it. All right. The mailman, dude, I had him at the game last week. Yeah. Where he at? He's down here on, he on the floor. I got to go say what's up to him. Hey, the uh, the mailman dude here? Yep, thank you. Where he at? What's up, OG Stank? I love you, brother. I appreciate nah, you, man. Appreciate you, man. Nah, you too, sure. brother. Sure. God bless you. Man, how cool was hey. that? <laughs> man, something I'll never forget, man. That was a whole blessing. So, I mean, so how'd that come about, man? So he he was hunting you down. He wanted to say hi. 
Yeah, so like the week before, he had reached out to me on uh on Instagram and he commented on one of my videos. And then he wrote me. He was like, I'm gonna get you some tickets to next week's game. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I ain't wanna bug him about it. He was like, remind me uh Monday after the game. And I'm like, all right, bet. So I wrote him Monday after the game and he was I gave him my email and everything, and then he was like, he didn't get back to me. So I'm like, well, I'm not about to bug him about these tickets. Like, I'm not tripping, you know what I mean? I'm not that guy that's just about to be like, oh, well, you said you're going to do this and you're going to do – that ain't me, you know what I mean? I'm humble. I'm happy he even reached out to me and noticed me, you know what I mean? So I'm, I, I'll take what I could get. It is what it is. I'm not about to bug the man. He He's doing something already. He got – he's busy, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to be thirsty for these tickets. But then Antonio Brown Jr. wrote me, the Friday before the game, and he was like, bro, I got to get you some tickets. And then I told him about the situation with uh, T, and he was like, all right, I'm going to tell him tomorrow. And then that next morning, he, T sent me the tickets. That's Nine awesome. rows back, Jim. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, T's good dude, man. Uh, Mama T, his mom comes down, tailgates with us most every game, man. They're good people, man. They're good yeah, people. I ain't mad at yet. I love to, man, because he he's amazing. Like, he done did something for me that when he gave me them tickets – it was my daughter's birthday. It was the best birthday she had ever had, man. And that's something man to man. That's something that you can't, I can't thank him enough for it. So let, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's go back to the mailman situation, man. So when did this start blowing up on you, man? I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly this thing has shot up on you. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I guess in the past five, six months, cause in May in the summer, I was at like 160,000 on TikTok. I've just been on Instagram for like five months and I'm at like 560 on there. But on the TikTok blew up within the past six months. Cause like I said, in May, I was at 160,000. That's crazy. That's crazy. I had like, yeah, I had like five videos go viral, crazy viral. And then everybody, I'm just trying to make people smile. You know what I mean? Like I don't need this social media. <laughs> I'm a mailman. I work 60 hours a week. Like, so, I done told my wife, like, as soon as this gets stressful, I'm done. Like, I don't need no more alter or no more extra stress. Like, I'm already altering my days to try and keep make sure that I'm making a video because now I know what these videos do for folks. So I'm like, I got to keep going. Like, regardless of my job, I'll find another job somewhere else. I ain't tripping. But these videos are really doing stuff for people. And I ain't realized that until just probably a couple months ago, for real, man. It's crazy. Like, sometimes I'm emotional as hell. Like, I get to read these comments and <laughs> I just be like, oh, really? How I said Like, for real? <laughs> but well, it, it's crazy. Keep that positive vibe going, man. No matter what people say to you, positive or negative, I mean, negatively. But talk about some of the stuff you run into on your route, man. I remember one of the videos you did. You had oh, uh, it was a beehive, a beehive in a, in a, in a mailbox or something with bees in yeah. it. Dogs. Dogs the worst. Yeah, dogs. Well, I deliver on Price Hill, so yeah, dogs be everywhere. Loose dogs, like whose dog is it? Don't nobody know whose dog it is, but it's chasing my ass all up and down the street. <laughs> like it's real. Like I don't know what it is. There'll be dogs in a car driving by, and they just barking at me. I'm like, come on, man! <laughs> like you in the car driving by? Oh, but that man. spider webs is a big thing. Of course, the elements, the rain, the snow, the cold, the heat. You know what I mean? But you got to take your good days with the bad days. It's it's a good job, man. You know what I mean? I've been walking Price Hill my whole life. Now they're paying me to do it. <laughs> my, my dad retired from the post office, brother, so I know all about it, man. I know all right. about it. So James, Tony, what, what what do you guys got for uh, for the mailman? Yeah, we've got uh, we've got some listener questions here, and and I think one of the things that has um, been most exciting, as everybody said, is your positive energy. But the next question in the chat is about this grill. OG, is that uh, is that real? Can you yeah, yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's real. It's, it's definitely real. real. Okay. okay. Scott also says, man, do you think we can get like a thousand of them for Bengal Gyms on, on Sunday so we can all have uh, copycats of your uh, your grill and, and rock Ooh. them into the stadium? Hey, that'd be expensive. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Scott will stop. Maybe all your influencers are not, now that your influencer status. And that kind of leads into the next question. You talk about um, all the um, all the followers that, that you have now. Have potential sponsors reached out to you and wanted you to, to push a potential product, Bengals related or not, with the popularity? 
Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's been I've done a few little sponsorship little things, but not nothing. Uh, we're I'm working with uh this kickstand cocktails. I guess they're the official cocktail of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I'm gonna be working with them. Uh, here coming up, I guess they're releasing in Kroger's here in a little bit. So we're gonna be doing some work with that, but uh, I'm also getting involved with this uh nonprofit holding hands downtown. We're giving I'm trying to do good with this platform. Like I really want to do something that's gonna impact people's lives, you know what I mean? Because like I said, this is a blessing. I don't need this social media. Like it's a blessing. So if I could bring up these little businesses by shouting them out on my little unboxing video, that's what I'm gonna do. If it gives them some attention that a $30 million commercial on TV is going to cost them. If I could do it and get them more views, then hell yeah, I'm going to do it for them. You know what I mean? Like, let's come up together with this. I don't, like, I don't, I don't need this social media at all. I'm a regular dude at the end of the day. You see me out on the street, I'm saying, what's up? Give me a hug. Taking pictures because I just see what, if somebody sees me and it just brightens their day and they just get so excited. That That's what this about. I'm trying to do as much as I can with this platform, especially while I'm up and hot and popping right now. You know what I mean? I want to get back to the hood as much as I can. I really want to make change in the hood. I want to get these kids off the corner in the summer. Um, that's what this uh, holding hands is about, man. Uh, giving back downtown on the East End and down all down there. And we're just trying to make change. That's all. It's a perfect uh, segue. Tony, um, as you know, leads our charity portion. We'll talk about the, the numbers for the year, but great to see you're giving back to um, charity and, and those in need. Tony, go ahead with our next question, your next question, if you don't mind. Yes, Skank. I got two things for you, buddy. I'm Tony the Tiger, right? So I need to hear that roar. Uh, and I, need, I need a minute. I need a minute of that fit. A fit take? You want to see the fit take? I have to do the fit take. Hold on, Stank. <laughs> Because I told you I'm in this little room. It's like a closet, Tony. Because <laughs> look, look, all right, we got everybody love that Bengals fitted right there. That little gray right there. And then the T Higgins, all white. Shout out to T. It's the real one, not the corner store. The St. Higgins, not Huggins. With the black, with the black long sleeve under there. The Diggies. And then the all white forces. <laughs> and then you can't forget the the big who they chain. This thing heavy as hell. <laughs> it's metal. It ain't that fake one down there. Oh, dude. Queen City, City Fab. They didn't gave me this. But this thing is heavy. This fake, though. Yeah, this fake. <laughs> see, you could have said it was real. We wouldn't even have known. See? Oh, nah. See, that's what they was talking about in the comments. Now they can start getting, oh, he's fake. He's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny to see. Uh, it is funny to see all the comments in here, man. Like you said, man, it's just people love it, man. They love you, man. And we we appreciate I you appreciate being part it, of man. Appreciate you being part of Hootay Nation, man. And uh James, anything else you wanted to add before I kind of Yeah, that there's the, the this is blowing up the chat. Are you gonna be at the game Sunday? I am Hootay. All right, all can right. you make uh, 10 minutes to stop by Bengal Gyms and, and meet everybody in the chat that's asking if you're uh, gonna be at the game? Yeah, I'm going to be tailgating down there alone, where So where y'all be at? I'm going to have to find somebody. I'm going to have to find y'all. I'll text you. We're going to put you on stage with a mic. Um, I ain't scared. I ain't scared, Jim. Oh, you will be. Come on, man. We got, we got things. Oh, I ain't never scared. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, bro, we'll see. I'll text you. I'll talk to you this week, man. We'll get you down Sounds here. Stop by for 10 minutes, and, and we'll put you on the mic and say a few words, let you let you do a toast. Uh, we, we go out uh, beating the city up north this week, but – OG, man, we look, man, we appreciate you being with us, man. I was very uh, excited to have you on, man. And uh, I love your positive energy. You just keep doing what you're doing, big dog. I appreciate you, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Y'all have a good night. Who day? Who day? Who day? See, I don't know how John's going to follow this up, man. That was fun. That was fun. John's got uh, big shoes to fill. Yeah, he does, man. So. Uh, that we was fun. Had, look, look, who was, look who's even watching. Ken Riley was watching. <laughs> see, see? Ken never watches the Dude, show. He came, on, he came on to watch the show just so he could just see the Bengals mailman is what he did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, hey, well, I know we got to John. We don't want to make John wait in the waiting room here anymore. Uh, Tom, go ahead and introduce our next, uh, our next guest. From CBS Sports, and he has Royal Bengal blood 
uh, coursing through his body as his father is Jim Breach. And like his dad, he is perfect in breaking overtime stories, just like his dad never missed a kick to win a game in overtime. We welcome to Bengal Jim and Friends, John Breach. John, thank you very much for making time for us. Guys, my God, if I had known Bengals mailman was going to be here, I would have demanded to go first just so I, I didn't have to follow him. I mean, that guy's amazing. I'm going to hang out with him next time I'm in Cincinnati. Very, very disappointed you don't have a chain on right now. I'm just saying. You know what's funny? Oh, boy. So I actually have a chain <laughs> that, that I wore to Jacksonville, but the tiger fell off, and I don't know where it is because I was going to wear it as soon as I saw Bengal mailman wearing his chain. Uh, but the, the giant tiger on the front fell off, and I'm guessing some, somebody in Jacksonville now has a Bengal tiger uh, chain running around there, or maybe they had it turned into a Jaguar. I don't know, but I, I do have a chain. That's the thing. I had a chain. All right, John, we got a boatload of stuff to talk about. Again, as you're viewing, everybody, uh, ask any questions you want. We'll try to get to those later, but uh, let's, get, let's kick this off, Tom. Get us going here, buddy. Uh, John, you know, certainly a disappointment. Uh, I think uh, this was a team – put together to go deep into the playoffs, if not back to the Super Bowl and win it, could not really overcome the injuries and some other problems they had. Now, certainly after Sunday's game, which is a game we want to beat our rival, the Cleveland Browns in, what do you see for the Bengals moving forward? Are we looking at coaching staff upheaval, either naturally or other? Philosophical changes and certainly uh, adjustments to the roster, which is Built very well for most of the league, but really doesn't, at least talent-wise, has a lot of talent, but doesn't match up well with our division rivals. Yeah, we are definitely getting beat up by the the uh, AFC North, 0-5, not good. And really, Zach Taylor has kind of struggled against the division since he's been there. And it, it's the problem with building a team, and we kind of saw it with the 49ers. I mean, the 49ers got beat up by AFC North teams is do you want to be a finesse team that can beat teams like the Bills and the Chiefs, or do you want to be in there, Mike Tyson and taking punches, uh, which is what you have to be to compete in the AFC North? And it's kind of tough to do both of those unless you have someone like Lamar Jackson at quarterback. And so it's a tough thing to figure out. I think that's what the coaching staff is going to have to decide. I do not think there will be a lot of upheaval on the coaching staff. I think the only way that would happen is if someone went out and hired Luana Rumo. But, you know, the upside of seeing the defense struggle down the stretch is that I don't think we, the Bengals, have to worry about them, uh, you know, him scoring a ton of interviews. Last year, he was a hot candidate. This year, I'm not sure how big of a candidate he would be. So you stick with your main coaching staff. Uh, so I think they'll do that. And I think the biggest thing is T. Higgins. It's do you give him a new contract? Do you hit him with a franchise tag? Do you let him walk and look for a receiver in the draft? So, I think the receiver room is probably your biggest question mark because you can't have Joe Burrow coming back and, and throwing to no just Jamar Chase and no one else. Uh, so I think getting the receivers figured out is probably needs to be near the top of the priority list for the offseason. James? I mean, let's, let's keep on that. I mean, not that you know or predict. I mean, what you feel, man? What, what, what do you feel they do with T here, man? It's just going to be interesting. I think they will do their best to keep him i i just feel like they know how important he is i mean look we saw when jamar chase went down how big t higgins came up i mean the vikings game that was one of the most insane catches by any receiver we saw all season uh for any team and so it's just such a good one-two punch i know that t higgins wants to go be he wants to go and be a number one wide receiver somewhere uh i think his mom makes that clear on twitter every week so but look that's what the franchise tag is for it's not ideal for players but it's a way for uh if you're a team to keep somebody you want that maybe you don't want to pay their asking price uh so I, I do think they'll do what they can to keep him but that doesn't mean he'll be staying because obviously he deserves a lot of money and he's going to have a high asking price it's not going to be cheap yeah I, I heard everything you said and i'm going to translate this everybody watching right now t higgins is re-signing with the cincinnati Bengals. john that <laughs> so uh, no, we get it, man. I mean, everybody loves the guy. We love him to have him here, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be an interesting offseason for that. So, uh, sorry, James, go ahead, bud. No, you're fine. And I'll piggyback what you said. My biggest thing with T. Higgins is my thoughts are we let A.J. Green, Carlos Dunlop, and Geno Atkins walk and basically got nothing in return. I don't care what we do with T, but we need something in return if he doesn't stay in Cincinnati. If that means franchise him and trade him, do trade him, sign him, trade him, do whatever. 
but we have to get something in return, unlike what happened with our past three big stars, AJ, Gino, and uh, Carlos. But um, John or Tom did an excellent intro. Um, John, tell us about growing up the son of a, of a Bengal star. What was that like growing up in, in Cincinnati, having your, your dad be the all-time points leader here in Cincinnati? Well, he played until I was 11, so it was a pretty good chunk of my childhood where I got to see him play, and obviously it was before the great lost decade of the 90s. I, he played from 82 to 92 during my lifetime, obviously started in Cincinnati in 1980, so that was the glory era. I mean, before Joe Burrow came along, that was, if you were going to be alive for one era of Bengals football or, or be the son of the kicker for one era of Bengals football, that is the era you wanted and I think just following that team from such a young age really is probably 80% of the reason I'm a sports writer now because everything that team did, uh, a lot of the systems they use are things that are still being used in the NFL right now. I mean, we're talking about, obviously, the no-huddle offense and, and deciding to run it for an entire game instead of just in the final two minutes and meshing that with these West Coast concepts. And, and now every team... You see it do it all the time. And we know Dick LeBeau started in Cincinnati, even though Steelers fans claim him, uh, that the zone blitz started with the Bengals. And we still see it, how exotic defensives are now with their blitzes. And that started with Dick LeBeau. And so it's just crazy to think about what that era of Bengals football, uh, how it shaped today's NFL. And for me, it was just cool to be in the locker room with some of the coolest personalities. You know, Boomer Esiason, Icky Woods, Anthony Munoz. These were all guys look, we're just 10-year-old kids running around the locker room. They're playing with us. I'm sure we annoyed the hell out of them. Uh, and one crazy thing is that the Saturday before home games, Sam Weish would just, if, if any of the players had kids, and there were not many kids at that point, probably 10, 11, 12 total uh, on the 53-man roster, Weish just had them come down. You could go to the walkthrough, eat donuts. And I just, I told my dad recently, I was like, I could not imagine. I mean, the 10-year-old kids were tweeting out plays as the walkthrough was going on. So they, they could never do that anymore. But it's just crazy to think about how much Sam Weish kind of fostered this family environment uh, during his time as head coach. And to piggyback on that, that's a, that's a great explanation. A great point there with social media. You're 100% right. That, no way that happens nowadays. So growing up around the locker room with all those Bengals legends, who was your favorite player outside your father, of course? Uh, you know, I would probably say either Boomer would be the obvious choice. So they had these laundry baskets that they filled up after practice. They had wheels, just giant industrial laundry baskets, basically. He would throw us in there and push us around the locker room, which I always thought was hilarious at the time. But then I started thinking about it 30 years later, and I'm like, my God, that's where all their old T-shirts after practice and dirty jock straps. Like, I, I am surprised I am still alive. Uh, based on just swimming around in gross, sweaty uh, clothing. Uh, and Lee Johnson, who was my dad's holder. I, I love Lee Johnson. That guy has the greatest personality. Uh, one of the most just outgoing people you could ever meet. And then ended up playing in the NFL into the 2000s was Tom Brady's teammate. So we're talking about Lee just played forever. Him and my dad are really good friends. And he's someone that uh, can chat up a storm at all times. I did an interview with him last year. He was like on a cruise ship in Greece doing the interview, which was just the most Lee Johnson thing ever. Just he's Carmen San Diego, just pops up wherever, uh, says hi, and then he's gone. <laughs> we got some viewer questions in here. Tony, go ahead, and then we'll come back to the viewer questions. Yeah, so talking about special teams, um, you know, we got a we got a punter that's been kind of struggling, I think. Um, what do you see in that role, or what do you see the Bengals doing in the future for that? Uh, Tony, that's a great question. First, I got to give a shout out to my buddy, Nate from Chicago, who DM'd you today and donated his tickets. Uh, yeah. I, he, he's like, you're going on Bengal gym show. Tell Tony that, uh, I, I DM'd him earlier, uh, and, and I'm handing him my Browns tickets. So, uh, I'm glad to see you're doing that. I'm glad to see my buddy, Nate helping out. So some kids can get to their game, uh, on Sunday for the first time ever. Uh, that is a tough question because it's, you think punting is such one of those things that everybody kind of got tired. I don't want tired of Kevin Huber, but it was clear that he didn't have his fastball anymore. And it became a be careful what you wish for situation. Cause we didn't really get an upgrade over Kevin Huber. And when you draft a punter, there's a high expectation. And that expectation was that Brad Robbins was going to be good. And 
you know, sure, there here and there, there were some good punts, but I don't think if you're the Bengals, you can confidently go into training camp uh, thinking that he's going to be your punter in 2024. So I think the, I, I am 99% sure he will have competition uh, this year, and I will be surprised if he keeps the job. It was just struggling for too much of the season in key situations. And if you're a special teams coach, you know, Darren Simmons has done a great job. Uh, so that's why I do think that he will definitely bring in some competition for Brad Robbins. Jimmy, uh, let me get one. Yeah, real quick. So let, let's talk about this defensive line uh, a little bit. Obviously, you could tell the the defense missed DJ Reader here with the run game, uh, being that run stuffer. I mean, what, what they're going to have to address that defensive line, uh, especially interior defensive line this year, uh, John. So talk a little bit about that and, and kind of the what went good there, what went bad here this year, and what what do we project move forward for 2024? I think the one thing that's crazy about the interior defensive line is you don't realize how much one player is doing until all of a sudden they're not there anymore because it was, we didn't really talk about that part of the defense for probably the first 10 weeks. And then TJ reader goes down and then, Hey, you can run on the Bengals and there's just no pressure coming from up the middle. And the only pressure coming from anywhere is Trey Hendrickson on the outside. And so that created a huge problem. I think, what the Bengals are going to have to do, because you know, DJ Reader is getting older, uh, I think that's another position they're going to have to look at in the draft. And so, hey, maybe not making the playoffs this year, Joe Burrow injured, you get a higher pick. This isn't the worst year to have higher picks because there are definitely holes on the roster that you need to fill, and you want to fill them as cheaply as possible because you just gave your quarterback a $275 million contract. And so I do think that the Bengals will look to fill their most glaring holes in the draft. And I, I do think interior defensive line will be up. I could see a second or third round pick at that position, uh, but that will definitely be something. And maybe you get a lower end free agent, but that is something they'll have to address in the off season. Go ahead, James. Yeah. Then you kind of uh, stole a thunder there with Augie's question from New York. He said, what position do you need? Do you see us addressing what about um, that right tackle spot with Jonah moving on? Do um, you think that's going to be something we address through the draft or in free agency? Oof. I just – with the right tackle, it's a little more complicated because you have seen what's going to happen if this line struggles is Joe Burrow is going to get beat up. You don't want him coming off an injury season uh, where he gets behind the offensive line in week one and he's running for his life. So I have a hard time seeing them start a rookie there next season. That doesn't mean they won't draft a right tackle, but I have to think they will look hard in free agency. I mean, I, I feel like everybody, you guys were probably as surprised as I was that they went out and got Orlando Brown because it just seems so out of character. But to me, that was the team saying, hey, look, we know Joe Burrow's our money guy. We've got to figure out a way to protect him. And that means bringing in a guy like Orlando Brown. And so I do think that at right tackle, they'll look to free agency first. Obviously, uh, if someone's there in the draft, they'll take him. But I think free agency is probably the route they'll go just because, hey, look, the Super Bowl window gets closes about a centimeter every year. So you want to take advantage of every season you have with Joe Burrow. And that's why I think they'll do something at right tackle before the draft. John Wayne. Second. Go ahead, James. Go ahead. Go ahead. So the second part to Augie's question was, we, you mentioned the laundry cart, which is a great story. What about on the field um, memory, uh, maybe involving your dad or the Bengals during that time frame, which you played for him? Uh, I would say my number one, kind of my first memory that's burnt in my head is his game-winning field goal against Washington that clinched the division, gave the Bengals home field advantage throughout the playoffs and kind of propelled them to the Super Bowl. And I, I, I like the whole sequence of that game, I was only six at the time, but I can remember uh, Chip Lowe. And, you know, Washington was the defending Super Bowl champion. So this is a huge game, not just because the division title is on the line, but you're playing the defending Super Bowl champs. And I remember Chip Lowe Miller coming out for like a 25-yard field goal at the end of regulation. It seemed like the game was over. And this probably was like the fifth windiest day in the history of Cincinnati. It was like 30, 35-mile-an-hour winds. Low Miller's kick just floats up from 25 yards away or whatever it was. It was something incredibly short and hits the upright and misses. 
And that memory just sits in my head. And I remember they got to overtime. The Bengals forced a fumble. They recovered it. They sent my dad out on second or third down. They didn't even wait the fourth down. And he drills it. Everyone goes crazy. We go down the locker room afterward. And it was just, I mean, you've never seen guys so excited. And then the best thing about things like that is that after the game, we could go down on the field and kick field goals. And that's when you're like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be my dad and hit a game winner. But of course, I was six and I didn't make any of them. Uh, but things like that were crazy. I, re I remember going down on the field uh, a couple days before Super Bowl 23. Uh, that was awesome. I think the 49ers were probably doing their team photos. So you see, you know, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Bill Walsh. You see all of those guys. And then obviously down there with all the Bengals. Uh, so, yeah, I would say those were probably, in my young life, uh, two of the core experiences. That's, that's funny you mentioned that watching the game. As soon as you started talking about that, I was 17 years old selling peanuts at that game because that's the only reason I got the job with sports service so I could watch the Bengal games. So I'm literally walking around the red seat looking straight down that goalpost when Chip Blomer hit that hit that goalpost. I remember that game like it was yesterday. But let's, let's talk about this season. Um, Joe Burrow goes down. I don't think there's really a whole lot of fans in the entire uh, – in, in Hootay Nation that thought we had any chance in hell uh, of us – making the playoffs after Joe went down, and especially after Jake Browning's first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we looked absolutely horrendous. Um, Jake had a three-game run there against some pretty damn good competition and, and played pretty damn well this past week in Kansas City. Talk a little bit about Jake and his uh, his grittiness uh, at the end of the day here. He had a, he had a hell of a run. Yeah, real quick on the season as a whole, I, I really feel the game that kind of perturbed me the most was the Texans game. Because if they win that, they're not eliminated right now. They're still in this going into the final week of the season. And I just felt like that was one that rarely has this team not been prepared for the start of a game uh, under Zach Taylor. But I don't know what happened, why they were sleepwalking for the through the first two or three quarters. But that was just, you know, and then they come back, lose by three points, and C.J. Stroud leads that game-winning drive. But I, I still can't believe they let that one get away. As for Jake Browning, ah, I, I Look, that's all you can ask of in a backup quarterback. I will say we did a podcast for CBS Sports when Joe Burrow went down, and I ragged on Taylor a little bit for not bringing in uh, someone else at backup during the offseason, obviously because Joe was dealing with other injuries. And if your quarterback's out during training camp, you know you need to have a good plan B. But good on Zach Taylor. He knew that Jake Browning had been there, knew his system well, and that he was the right guy to run it. And that is all you can ask for in a situation like that. Three straight wins. I mean, I was down at the Jacksonville game. I know you guys, most of you guys were probably there. And that game was nuts. The, the Jacksonville had no idea. They got so blindsided by what Jake Browning was doing. They didn't think he could throw downfield. They didn't think the Bengals offense would be able to do anything. The only film they had on him was the previous week, the week before against the Steelers, where he looked like garbage. And I think most Bengals fans, after that 16-10 to 10 loss, just thought, all right, well, the season's done. Mail it in. We're over. Uh, so then to come out and rebound with that game against Jacksonville, the dominating game against the Colts, and really the game against the Vikings I thought was the most impressive because they shut him down for three quarters. And it's easy for someone in Jake Browning's situation to just kind of be overwhelmed and realize, all right, I can't do this. I, I had two great games and these defenses have figured me out. But for him to do what he did in the fourth quarter of that game and then overtime, uh, that was impressive. So, yeah, I think that Jake Browning, is, I think he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, He's pretty much locked into being with this team in 2024, and I think that's a guy you absolutely have to keep because of the way he played. But I will say, you know, backup quarterback's an important position. We've seen it a lot this year being used. We're going to have Joe Flacco in the playoffs. We're going to have Gardner Minshew maybe in the playoffs. So it is something that is very important, and I think this is good for Bounty to get this experience in case he's on the field uh, at all next year. Hopefully he's not, but in case he is. Tom? Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, there was a lot of talks early early on, Lou Anarumo's nightmare, losing both safeties. And I think there was a trickle down, not just from the personnel we lost. Uh, and, I, and really, I'm, I'm one of the few guys, I thought Von Bell was every bit as important to that defense as Jesse Bates, every bit. But I, I, there was a trickle down. I think it affected our linebackers that, who have taken some criticism this year, but I thought – and watching them, they seem to be playing back a little bit further back from the line of scrimmage. It seemed like uh, some zone coverage was a lot more of their responsibilities this year. 
they didn't, you know, Pratt and, and Logan Wilson did not have the opportunity to make plays. And then from that, that might have affected our run defense some because they weren't as close to the line of scrimmage. Not that I'm not saying that the defensive line needs a lot of work defending that. Uh, they do. But, you know, do you think it's just a matter of growing pains from the safety position? Or, you know, are we looking at new personnel there as well? The thing with that is that I don't think they should have let both safeties walk. I know that it was going to be expensive to keep Jesse Bates. But, yeah, I agree that Von Bell, just from a a veteran leadership standpoint, a guy who's been in the NFL, a guy who knows what he's doing, somebody you trust. We know Jesse Bates plays at a Pro Bowl level, and you don't want to lose that. But I think it became pretty clear that he was going to walk. But you're just losing all this experience and all these guys who – you trust on the back end of your defense and that if the linebackers are scooting back, it's, Hey, yeah, we know Dax Hill's back there. We know Jordan battles back there, but we don't trust them as much as we did the guys we had last year. And that is there's absolute growing pains there. And I'm not sure that the Bengals really had kind of the defensive chemistry that they had last season. That's not that this defense was bad. I, I wouldn't say that the, the run defense suffered because you have two new safeties. To me, I thought the defense was worse because of the offensive struggles. When you're going, you know, the first two weeks of the season, the Bengals couldn't get a first down. And when you're putting the defense on its heels, every single possession, there's only so much they can take. You're out in the field for 35, 38 minutes a game. You're going to get worn out. And that was happening uh, the whole time Joe Burrow was injured. That was happening Uh, when Jake Browning was out there his first week where they couldn't move the ball. And so I just think it was kind of a confluence of things that negatively affected the defense. I think if Joe Burrow's completely healthy, that the defense probably plays a lot better. Uh, I don't think we'll see many wholesale changes on the defense. though. I think they feel like they can probably be successful with most of the core unit they have. Do you like uh, DJ? Sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. Do you like DJ Turner going forward as one of our outside corners? You know what? I don't think DJ Turner had a bad season. I don't. If they decide, hey, look, let's keep him. Uh, let's keep him. Give him the job for next year. Uh, I, you know, he wasn't out there. This wasn't Eli Apple situation where I felt like that was a love hate relationship where you're like, oh, interception, then uh, burnt for a touchdown, uh, and that just wasn't sustainable. But somebody, somebody like DJ Turner. You just with the younger guys, you just either trust them and let them grow. You know there are going to be growing pains, uh, but if you see the talent there, then you got to let them blossom. And at some point, you hope to see that. And I feel like the Cowboys are a great example of that. You had Trayvon Diggs; he goes down, and Deron Bland steps in and sets the pick six record. So you know, obviously, DJ Turner's not doing that, but you got to let these guys grow. And on-the-job training is the best way to do it. Tony. Yeah, so, you know, we all know this is our last game coming up this Sunday. Um, we're winning. You know, we're trying to win for our winning season. We're playing for pride for Battle of Ohio. And some of the people are playing for, you know, stats. How important, in your opinion, is this game and as it relates to that? Well, I think that if you're the coaching staff, you absolutely want to win because 9-8 and eight is a huge difference than 8-9. and nine. You can look back at this season, use it as a rallying cry for next year. Say, hey, look, we lost our starting quarterback for a lot of games, and this roster is so talented that we still manage to put together a winning record. So that aspect, I, I think you want to win it. Number two, I, you want to get a division win. I don't care if Cleveland rests every single starter. This would still be just 0-5 is so ugly. You don't want to go winless in the division. So I think the Bengals are going to have that chip on their shoulder of we're not getting swept by the AFC North. So I think they're going to go out play with fire. I think they'll look good. And who knows who's going to be out there for Cleveland. But I do think we'll see a Bengals team that is pretty desperate for a win. I wouldn't be surprised if they win by double digits, even though they have struggled uh, with AFC North teams, obviously. Well, John, look, man, this has been fun, brother. We want to have you back here at some point, man. This has uh, been a lot of fun. Um, Tell everybody, so you're with CBS Sports. Tell everybody what you're doing right now. We should have kind of maybe gotten into some more detail. You also have a podcast as well, I think you do. Yeah, yeah. We do the Pick 6 podcast. I'm only on twice a week, but we do it every day, uh, Monday and Wednesday. I have a newsletter. Go to cbssports.com, Pick 6, Google it, something. Uh, That comes out every day. That's where I do the brunt of my work. And then I also write stories about the NFL uh, pretty much every day of the week. So, And if you're a Bengals fan, there's always Bengals talking there because 
I grew up in Cincinnati. So there's there's never not Bengals talk. Uh, yeah, so do that. I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet as much as I used to, but if the Bengals are good, I'll tweet more. You know, you know, it's funny. Everybody that's watching right now, literally, I text Jim Breach, John's dad, say, I need your son's phone number. We want him on the show. I think Jim was pissed at me that I didn't ask him to come on the show, but uh, we've had we've had Jim on the show before. So, John, we appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. Uh, the viewers. My dad was insulted. He he gave me your message, but then he said he said I'm deleting Jim's number, Bengal Jim's number from my phone. He did it in front of me, and then he broke his phone just so you couldn't text him anymore. Yeah. I think I think Bridges burned, Jim. It's burned. <laughs> Brother, we appreciate it, John. Thanks for being with us, bud. Let's stay in touch, man. Well, thanks for everything, man. Happy New Year, buddy. Yep. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> he's good, man. I tell you what, he's as good as any uh, reporter we've ever had on uh, in the four years we've been on air. So yeah, nope. He knows it. I love the um, the, the locker room stories that he was able to share. Um, with his dad and, um, you know, just a, a national reporter, a solid reporter, although he didn't go to Syracuse, but um, still a uh, great job uh, doing the uh, journalism. Right, Tom? But um, we got, um, what are we up to now? Tony's? Tony's actually, actually let's, let's do this. Let's do this real quick. We'll get into the charity stuff in a minute here. So, look, Sunday, you got tickets. Get your butts down there. Let's have some fun. Let's root on, let's root on our, our, the Bengals and get this dub this weekend. Come down to the tailgate, have some fun with us. Tony the Tiger is going to be ruler of the jungle. Uh, so we got to be there to support Tony tailgate. We got to be there at the game early uh, to support Tony as he's up on uh, the ruler stage with his staff. Uh, so I think he's got some fun stuff planned for us. So, Tony, uh, are the nerves setting in now or what, man? You getting concerned about this? Are you scared at all? You're just ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm actually uh, heading down there tomorrow to do some uh, pre-promo stuff with the Bengals. So I'm looking forward to that. So I'm getting all tonied up for that. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, um, I got Tom who's giving me some directions um, to benefit him as I'm up there on the stage. I got to make sure I do that for him. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a, it's a great honor to be the, the fan of the year. And, uh, you know, it's a shame that we uh, ain't going into the playoffs, but it's still been a hell of a run for me and then as well as the Bengals. So, I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. Yeah. And, and, again, don't forget, I know uh, Tony's been posting. We've been sharing a lot of it on all the different social media platforms. Tony's still up for NFL Fan of the Year, so make sure. And this year something a little bit different than they've done in years past. This year it's a fan vote. Uh, so let's get the uh, the votes going uh, on whatever social media platform you're on. Get those and share those with friends. You can vote every day. Uh, I've been on there every day voting. So uh, make sure you uh, get on there and vote for Tony. So, Tony, it's going to be a fun day, uh, fun day Sunday, man. We're looking forward to it, buddy. So let's uh, kind of transition this a little bit, guys. We uh, we got some big news next Tuesday. We'll, we'll kind of tease a little bit on some of the charity stuff we're doing. Uh, actually, pretty major news, so make sure you tune in next Tuesday. We've got a couple big-name guests we're waiting to hear back from. We'll, we'll let you know more about that uh, as it gets later uh, next week. Uh, but, Tony, talk about where we're at year-to-date uh, uh, with our charity numbers. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're, this is the last game of the year, right? But we've still got some work to do. We continue to do our charity work. And um, if uh, James can pop up that uh, that graphic, uh, you'll see that we are at 135,000 um, this year already, um, year to date. And that's over 30 charities right now. So, um, you know, let's, let's get a few more thousand dollars in that pot from uh, Sunday. It's a great organization that we're working with Sunday. They were there with us last year. Um, it's the Tri-State First Responders. Um, it's a great organization. Um, they're the folks that help our first responders deal with everything that they deal with. So, you know, a, as a first responder, a fireman, a paramedic, a, a police officer, you know, they're the first ones um, going to the scenes. They're running in as we're running out. And um, the things they have to deal with and see and and, and that kind of thing is, um, you know, it affects them. And um, this, this group is a great organization that helps with um, keeping their mental state well and uh, just helping support them as they work through things. So I'm really excited to have the, this group here again this year. Um, they're excited to be there um, as well. So I'm hoping you guys come out and, uh, you know, we can earn some money for them. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Is, uh, their link is in the chat there. I just put that in the chat. And correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but uh, as we know, unfortunately, this season's going to be shorter than last year. But we've already exceeded the totals from last year, correct? That's correct. We made 133 last year, and uh, we set a goal based on that numbers and knowing how well um, Who Day Nation does 
for our charity base and our platform that we're working with. Uh, we set that goal to 150. So we're going to, uh, with the news that's coming up, I think we're going to meet that goal for sure. So I'm, I'm very excited and looking forward to when we lay out next year, you know, maybe we increase that goal to 175,000. Um, who knows? But, um, you know, it's been a great year and uh, we couldn't do this without you guys. T Tony's tickets for kids without you guys donating the tickets. Um, as, as already mentioned, we've had several donors today um, give me tickets and we're going to exceed 40 kids this year, sending them to their first uh, first game. So it's been an amazing year all the way around. And um, I just thank uh, all the all the fans and everyone who's contributed to us for that. 100 percent. I'm leaving Mon's um, post up there because uh, many of you know Mon has a great uh, podcast. I heard Bengals fan from Florida, but um, Mon is a first responder. So. He knows firsthand what um, these men and, and, and ladies go through, seeing that that trauma out there in the um, in the trenches in the fields on a day to day basis. So uh, we appreciate Mon all he does, and and again, that's a prime example of somebody that's out there putting it on the line. I, I mean, the wife turns on a, a doctor show, and as soon as they show a needle, I uh, turn it off or run out of the room. So what they have to uh, deal with on a day to day basis is is absolutely amazing and we appreciate all that uh they do another great charity i think we uh correct me if i'm wrong tony we debuted working with them last year it was right after the anniversary today i think is about the anniversary of the demar hamlin um thing which i think spearheaded this whole um initiative so uh glad to have them um back on the fortunate unfortunate uh anniversary of demar hamlin obviously we know that turned out um good for for everybody but, um, you know, here we are and uh, another great uh, charity and exceeding the goal. Again, this is going to be a shorter season. As Jimmy said, there's going to be a huge announcement um, next week. And uh, all this is possible because of uh, the fans' generosity. So we appreciate that very much. And the thing and the thing I always we always talk about and one thing I, I keep on saying is really critical and important what we do um, here um, as a tailgate group and as a podcast is, we bring so much attention to these organizations that no one really knew existed. I mean, I never knew there was a peer group for our first responders, but you know, it's so important to get that messages out to people and let them know that there's so many opportunities to, to give and to help other uh, organizations out. So it's one of the great things I love about this platform is being able to share that information. So uh, kudos to everyone for uh, getting that information out. It's awesome. Unbelievable. 135. Let's uh, go ahead and kick this off here, guys. <laughs> This is the two-minute warning. For Tony being rule of the jungle, we had to use Tony's. And we had to go back in the archives to pull that one out for Tony. So let's go and kick it off. Tony, get us going. So uh, it's been a great year. Um, uh, appreciate the network of fans and friends that we've been able to acquire over the year. I'm looking forward to Sunday being the ruler of the jungle. I hope you guys come out and support uh, that effort of mine, as well as our charity for the tailgate. Come out and have a good time. Um, you know, it's not over till it's over. Uh, we'll be here again next year for sure. Uh, looking forward to what that uh, what that entails. And I just love you all, and I appreciate you. Who day? Tom? Well, congratulations to Tony, uh, not just for fan of the year, but how fired up he'll get everybody Sunday and how he represents all Bengal fans. Uh, I don't not only think we're the most knowledgeable, we are the most passionate, but uh, also the classiest of all fan bases in the NFL. Certainly this weekend was very, very tough. Um, I know at the beginning of the season, I was absolutely counting on going to the playoffs. We just didn't have the team to overcome the, the injuries, which is something that happens and you have to do. We didn't have that this year. Just uh, the right guys got knocked out and it wasn't in the cards. But it is a big game Sunday. It's a big game for a lot of players to establish themselves for next year and uh, to have another winning season and to make sure we don't pull it over in the AFC North. As far as the whole of the week, this is going to be, uh, I hope, the last one of these uh, because I need to get out of this rut. But the NFL keeps doing it to me. God, the officiating was awful all weekend. I'm not just going to give it to the pathetic effort the officials and the Zebras gave in, in the chiefs Bengals game where they really put it to us. Uh, that intentional grounding penalty was awful. But when you saw what happened Saturday night in Dallas, what was done to the lions 
Uh, I have it on good authority. I think James was able to confirm it for me that the crack man needed an IV from sobbing uncontrollably all night. Uh, if you've been watching the the show for a while, crack man's a big Lions fan. Top five moment ever. Yeah, very, very, very passionate. But uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to give that to the uh, officials. And in honor of first responders, Cincinnati firefighter and essentially an extra son of mine, Matt Clark, who sits with me every week and is a Cincinnati firefighter. Uh, very proud of him. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get him down to the tailgate on, on Sunday. So congratulations, Matthew. We'll talk more next week about next season. There's certainly a lot to talk about. And please, 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 if you're out there on social media, do not forget. Put the word out. Willie Anderson is a semifinalist again this year, one of the last 15. We've got not only got to get him that next step to become a finalist, he deserves to go into Canton, and he deserves to go in now. So please, put the word out there. Uh, you can check uh, my Twitter, or pardon me, my ex, Jimmy's ex, with all the stats and the passion and the reasons that Willie belongs. But please, don't give up on him. Uh, keep, keep it fired up. We all deserve to go back to Canton to watch number 71 uh, get put in his rightful spot with a bust up in Canton. James? Thanks, Tom. Look forward to seeing everybody Sunday. It's just the final one of the year. Again, a, a lot of the, the fans that we see on, on Sundays in the, in the fall, that's the only time of the year we see them. So look forward to kind of one last hurrah down at the southeast corner of, of Paycor to, uh, to go out to lead Tony to um, his big day inside. And in the chat earlier, a lot of people um, talked about it. You can still vote for, for Tony for overall fan of the year. And the other big vote that's going on is, is Ted Karras for Walter Payton uh, man of the year. So I think today, correct me if I'm wrong, is double vote day. You can vote multiple times today. So you can do that. There is a link on the Bengal Gym um, homepage where you can um, go there, click the link, and, and vote for Ted Karras, uh, Walter Payton man of the year. Um, just a, a great man. Um, we know how important charity work is to what we do. So um, go on there, vote um, multiple times, that family members vote, and um, Ted would appreciate it. He's in first. We need to keep him in first because uh, I think Mahomes is in um, third. I think we're one subscriber away on uh, YouTube. So if you're watching um, via YouTube, go ahead and click that subscribe button, share that with uh, family and friends. Another great platform to watch the uh, show week in and week out, whether it's regular season or off season. We'll smash that um, subscribe button. And again, all this is possible because of uh, you, the fans. Two great guests, uh, the mailman, um, John Breach. Appreciate them coming on. It's been a great season of guests. And, uh, Jim, go ahead and end it for us. Yeah, thanks, James. Covered a lot of ground there. Thank you. Um, look, guys, Craig uh, Johnson uh, had committed in a text string at some point here this past week that a, we're going to have, we're going to be down early. We're going to have fun at the tailgate this week. I think, we're going to celebrate by doing some mimosas uh, early at the tailgate, James. Wasn't that what he, I think he, he texted? Yeah, mimosas and hotty toddies. Um, so there'll be plenty of uh, warmness to uh, to get you through what could be a 40-degree day. So as always, we appreciate uh, Craig for all he does, a big part of uh, what we do. And he will have the warm beverages to warm your insides before the uh, before the game on Sunday. Yeah, um, and he didn't. He just said he voted. So um, multitasking, Craig. So uh, <laughs> Craig's smashing the vote button. I don't know if that's for you or if that's for uh, for uh, Teddy. Maybe both, Tony. We'll just say he did it for both. So keep an eye on social media platform. We look to have all of our, our normal tailgate partners down there. We're going to have uh, Big B Coffee with some hot coffee early in the morning as well. If you don't want an alcoholic beverage uh, in any way, shape or form, but uh, Skyline and Donato's and everything bagel and bagel bids. Everybody's going to be down there again, 16 lots and uh, beer fest, Craig, everybody be down there. Um, keep an eye on the social media platform this week. We'll give some updates probably around Thursday. Um, everything that's going on. We're going to do a, a few uh, more fun things this week uh, down at the tailgate. Let's enjoy our last tailgate of the year guys uh, before the next season starts. Come on down and join us. And uh, tune in next week. It's going to be our last episode of season four, official episode of season four. A lot of big news uh, we're going to roll out next week. That doesn't mean we're going away until the next season that we got some other uh, things we'll be rolling out 
a schedule will be kind of issued and talked about a little bit uh, next week as well. But we appreciate you guys being part of this tonight. It was a lot of fun. Um, the Bengals mailman was great. Uh, we had a lot of fun with him. And uh, John Breach is awesome, man. I really enjoyed talking to John uh, and everything. So thanks for being part of it. Thanks for tuning in, taking your Tuesday evening with us. We appreciate you guys. We love you. Good day, everybody. Good day. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.